Hi, everybody, and welcome to yet another special Talking Islam episode. We have Neyma with us. Welcome back. Hello, thank you. So nice seeing you again. And for those of you who don't know, um, Neyma was actually a guest uh, almost two years ago, almost exactly two years ago, and that was Talking Islam episode 78. And uh, you had been a bedtime client. You were doing well. You were sharing your story. And what happened actually recently was that somebody sent uh, it was a comment who said, my story is exactly like Neymar's story. I have some questions for her. You know, how can how can we like um, how could I know what happened next, et cetera, et cetera. So I that's why I reached out to you. And again, so glad that you're here. So with that said, uh, two years ago, you were a guest. Things had been getting, you know, things had gotten easier. The struggle had faded. From then on, how, how have things been going? Uh, yeah, I, overall, things have been going really well. Um, I found that, sorry, I've got these messages coming in. I found, I, I found that the tools that I learned in the program were very helpful because there were moments where, you know, my, my sleep slipped, um, and, you know, I'd wake up middle of the, the night wide awake, but the nice thing is that because of the, the, training that I had done through the app, I kind of understood why that was happening. And then instead of, you know, panicking and thinking like, oh my God, it's come back. I'm not going to get better. This is going to regress and get worse. It was sort of like, okay, just go back to the program. Um, think about what happened. A lot of the times it was just because my, my brain was overactive. And then the the thing that was really, really, really helpful for me was that idea of like focus on relaxation because that's something I know it sounds silly or at least it seems silly to me when before I got into this program was like I always had a hard time relaxing, but I didn't really realize it. And then once I went to the program and realized, oh, it's it's actually quite important to be able to sleep well, um, that's when everything sort of changed for, for me. Um, and when I really realized, okay, there's so many things that I'm doing that is not relaxing at all, even though I thought they were. Um, so it's given me like a whole new tool set in terms of what are things that truly relax me and how can I implement them? So nice to hear. And, and, and tell us more about that. That's, I think that's a really helpful topic. Like what were things that you did before that you thought were relaxing, but you realized weren't? Yeah. You know what? I think even some things like certain TV shows that I'd watch would get my brain going versus other ones. Or I had a really bad problem actually of like, I love music, but music is way too stimulating for me. Um, so I thought if I was listening to music, it would help relax me, but it, it wouldn't like, it would just make me want to get up in and dance. Um, what else? Like, I, I guess in terms of what was helpful was reading. Um, and I think the biggest thing too is like, there were just some things that I was going if my mind started thinking about it, even reading or doing some things that actually worked that helped me relax me wouldn't in those situations because it was just too, 
I was too emotionally attached to them. Um, but again, that's where I just kind of went, all right, you're just not going to sleep tonight, but it's okay because you know you can still get through the day and be okay and the world isn't going to fall apart for you. Yeah, I think that's 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 this that's kind of the key insight, you know, like uh, oftentimes I think the intent is so much what, what matters, you know, when we feel kind of a little nervous and then we're like, oh, I have to do this to become less nervous and we kind of try forcefully to relax ourselves, then we become even more, you know, stressed, right? But when we just do yeah. something like, you know, usually I like doing this, usually I feel relaxed if I do this uh, without too much for pressure or something like that, then, you know, naturally we feel relaxed, which is really nice. But ultimately, like when we feel like kind of like really frazzled, then it was like, okay, now I'm kind of really frazzled. It's okay to be frazzled. And then like that acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. It's so, so helpful. Um, very, very nice. And I, I don't know if I asked, asked you this last time uh, you were a guest, but this has become one of my kind of standard questions. Did you find that, you know, learning from like the sleep struggle helped you in other aspects of life? Oh, that's a really good question. Actually, I think it did because... I feel a lot of my insomnia was the result of anxiety. And so I realize, you know, certain things that have happened in the past, I think was also a result of anxiety. So kind of, I guess it, it, it sort of helped me realize to even just paying closer attention to when those anxious feelings would start to occur and learning how to not get caught up in them as much. So it was sort of, because a lot of it I feel is like, it's all these mental tricks, right? It's, it's almost reprogramming your brain and emotions are so powerful. Um, I think they're, they're good. They tell us a lot, but it doesn't mean that we have to I heard, I heard them called like emotional trains. We don't have to jump on to the first emotional train that comes our way. So that's where I found the course very helpful because it was, it was instead of running away from these emotions because they're uncomfortable, it was sort of like, okay, we got to actually dig deeper into them so you can better understand how they're triggered. And you can learn sort of those like you know, that whole like relaxation piece to not get caught up in them and how you can kind of stay calm throughout the process. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's so true. And it, it can sound so odd sometimes when we think about it, but we can feel anxious without reacting too much to it. And then we're sort of like, in a way we're calm by still being anxious because we're almost like outside the emotion. We're not on the train, we're almost like looking at the train or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like you're, you become more of an observer mm -hmm. as opposed to a, a passenger. Yeah, very, very nice. Well, so uh, as I mentioned to you, I don't know if I don't know if I mentioned it after we started recording, but um, Dan, who who said he really identified with your story, sent some questions. So sure. I'm gonna read them to you and um, look forward to see what you what you will say. So the first. Uh, one was, uh, let's see here. Um, here are a few questions. How has, how has sleep duration improved since your recovery? Curious how many hours you were getting before resolving your issue versus now. 
Oh, I like that question because I was so focused on sleep duration when my insomnia started. It's weird because I never really paid much attention to it before I thought I was. And it was just sort of, I just knew I'd go to bed and fall asleep and wake up. But then when the insomnia happened, I became almost obsessed with sleep duration and I would track it to be able to track my sleep efficiency, but that made it worse. So now what I do is I try to just go by how I feel. So so to answer, answer his question, uh, I would say that now I probably sleep about maybe like six, six and a half hours, but I think that's more representative to what I was sleeping before. And that's only because I'm playing, because I've had trained myself through insomnia to pay so much attention to time. So I would look at time in bed and then time when I was awake. And that's where I realized like, oh, I'm not actually sleeping eight hours a day. So now I try to look more at how do I feel when I wake up? Because there's some days maybe where I only get six hours, but I feel like refreshed. And so that's where I kind of went, okay, like I, I could have been waking up more in the night some days when I got seven hours of sleep or seven and a half hours of sleep. But it all ties back to, again, kind of how calm I was when I went to bed. And I also try not to panic, let's say days when I, when I do go to bed late and then have to get up early. So I've, I've really tried to keep that mindset around, you know, you have all these other things going on in your life that are bringing you joy. And there are just going to be times when you're not going to sleep a full night. But so that Dan knows, overall, my sleep is incredibly so much better than it was before. And now, in a weird way, it's almost like I feel better overall after having gone through insomnia because I never would have learned how much, um, how to work with my mind as well as I do now, if I hadn't gone through this training. One, I mean, so it's such a, such a nice and wonderful answer. And I, 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 I kind of knew beforehand that it was going to be something along the lines of like, you know, when we are struggling, we keep so much attention, we, we, we measure it. And Almost everyone who's a guest here is sharing like how things have gotten easier. They, they they never talk about numbers anymore. They just talk about like overall learning and it shows like, you know, uh. it's it's not about that. But anyway, so with that said, thanks so much for that one. And um, maybe these other ones are going to be similar. But the second one is like, do you still wake up earlier than you want often? If so, how many days per week? Oh, yeah. So I would say that. Hmm. That probably happens because I have an alarm, right? So I think naturally when you have an alarm, you always wake up <laughs> earlier than Around it. that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a subconscious thing where, you know, I have to get up at this time because I got to go to work or I have stuff to do before work. So I think there's that playing in the background. So yes, usually when I have an alarm, I'll wake up before, but I generally sleep close to when my alarm is going to go off, where before it would be 
you know, three, four in the morning yeah. when I'd be getting up and I was planning on getting up, up around six or seven. Okay, so we can say it's rare that you wake up like really early and that you're like upset. Like, why did I wake up now? Yeah. 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 But if I don't have an alarm, then some days I will sleep later. But again, too, because I generally get up around the same time during the week. I think naturally on the weekends, you just still get up. Yeah. At that time, even if you go to bed late. Yeah. That same experience here. Um, and um, how often are you able to get back to sleep after waking up too early? Oh, you know what? So even though I'm, I'm not waking up early as much anymore, I would say it's about 50, 50 when I do. So, and I, I just kind of know now, all right, like my mind's too active. I know I'm not going to be able to go yeah. to sleep versus other times when I'm going, okay, I think I'm, I think I might be able to, so I'll try. And then if it happens within, let's say 30 minutes or so, then I'm asleep. But if, yeah. but if I'm lying there, then I just try to get up or do something. I mean, in one way, I kind of see it as those are days where I actually become often really productive because I'm up so much early. So I have a two hour head start or three hour head start to my day. Yeah, exactly. I'm sort of nodding partially because it was just a nice answer, but also because I, I recognize that it's kind of like the same approach I have. And I think probably many people have the same thing. Like you wake up and you're kind of, you know, you're a little nervous, you know, you're a little hyper and you know, sometimes you just know it. I'm not going to sleep more tonight. And then why lay there and kind of like just keep keep trying sometimes you know that i might fall asleep and they, it's, it's just exactly it's the same same the way i, I approach that situation um okay here's a little bit different question have you taken any other steps to reduce hyper arousal outside of sleep specific training yeah so i've actually done a number of different things so i think the last time i was here I was, I might've talked about meditation. <laughs> and, you mentioned that, but I don't know. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I do try to meditate daily, um, using various techniques. Um, but I find sometimes meditation, depending on what it is, I don't really, I get, I don't really use it for, for sleep ever. It's to this point more, it was, it was actually more for understanding, think like understanding what I think about and paying more attention to that because that leads to the hyper arousal. So it wasn't really done to help with sleep or to prevent further sleep issues. It was more because I really enjoy like what we did here and realize like how much our thoughts and perceptions shape so much of what we do, that it was more done out of that curiosity. And then from there, you know, you discover so many other things about yourself. But one thing I found with meditation is that some of the teachings can be a little they can, it can be very esoteric and nuanced because some of them are very like old, like old age. So sometimes you're going, I don't really know what they're, <laughs> what they're talking about, but it's, it's interesting. So that's where I found 
um, just looking at other psychologists and things that they're doing and, and actually journaling has been very helpful too, because it has sort of forced me to kind of, and some of the, some of the journal prompts, like I just kind of use ones. Actually, it was through, uh, Dr. Romani, actually, she's, um, she's actually, uh, like a world renowned expert on, on narcissism, but she has all these really, really, really interesting journal prompts. And, the, and how I got into her was because, um, like when my insomnia first started, I think that the person I was with had narcissism. So it was, it was all that, which kind of led to the insomnia, but then like the more I, I, I kind of found her stuff and, saw that she had a healing program and then I went on it, but her journal prompts I find are so useful for so many other things. Same with, same with your sleep program. And, um, she gives like three journal prompts a week and it's great because it sort of helps you uncover, you know, things you value, things that, um, you know, and really getting deep in them. Like what are your actual true values? Not things that you want to value, like how things can kind of take a hold of your mental real estate, uh, but then giving very practical solutions on how to get through it. Um, so I think, yeah, the meditation, the journaling, using the tools that I learned in, the, in your sleep program, like all those have been monumental towards just like continuing self-discovery and I think preventing some of these other things that could potentially come in the future. Yeah. So glad to hear that. And you, you, you know, I was the word that was on my mind was like self exploration. Like that meditation is not a means to an end. It's just kind of learning about ourselves. It's it's a wonderful inner journey. Um, and then uh, uh, I think this is maybe the last question, or there may be one more. Has your overall anxiety reduced since your early awakenings have improved? Um. Yeah, I think I think well, my anxiety was still pretty strong even after, after the, the program. Um, but I think a lot of that was just from other unhealthy relationships that were going on. Um, but in terms of, sorry, can you re repeat the question? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think you said in the morning. Yeah, sure. Has your overall anxiety reduced since your early awakenings have improved? And I don't know if mm -hmm. Dan is, is, is kind of ask, answer, ask, asking like, sort of alluding to like, do you have to be less anxious to have less awakenings or has has less awakenings help with anxiety? I'm not sure, but the, the question is just, yeah. has your overall anxiety reduced since that time you had uh, a lot of early awakenings? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think my anxiety, so it really improved once I started understanding it more mm -hmm. and what was triggering it. And so that I think did help reduce the early awakenings because that I think it it, it kind of keeps my mind in a more hyperactive state when I have those thoughts and then the anxiety increases because of it and then I'm up all night um and then I I I think also like when I know how to manage it better too so that even if I do wake up early I don't feel as anxious because I understand where it's coming from and I I know it's almost like I know I, 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 I have the skills to deal with it yeah. now. Makes so much sense. And there was one more, actually, but it came like he sent one email and then he sent another one. 
So let me see, where's the second question? Oh, here, additional questions. Here's the last one. Did she, you, find <laughs> that suspension of belief in terms of her brain reducing early awakenings played a lar large role? I find that this theory is easier to theoretically absorb for initial sleep onset as we are consciously present for the, present for the process. I don't understand this, I, I must say, but maybe, <laughs> maybe you do. But suspension of belief may be something you mentioned earlier. And I don't know. But did, did, did you understand this question? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure if that's tied to something specific that he might um, know of. When I, when I hear it, I sort of think I, you know, maybe it's more of a we have our beliefs that are very core to us. And maybe some of those beliefs could be making insomnia worse so sort of this idea of maybe a suspension of your like maybe being able to kind of reanalyze it a little mm -hmm. bit better and not have it so entrenched in you um particularly if there could be certain beliefs that could make it worse so one thing that pops to mind is when i you know first before I started going through the program and I was looking up CBTI uh, therapies, you know, it can be a very rigid protocol, but I have like a science background um, in nutrition. And so that I was also coming off of my master's where it was very heavy. You know, you're doing a lot of like data analysis and everything has to be so precise and you have to word things exactly a certain way. So I was very used, I, I really believed in you have to have structure, you have to make sure that you're saying things as, as clearly as possible. Um, and a lot of that because I was because I knew I be, would be getting grilled on things. So I had to have answers. Um, and because I had those beliefs and I was so structured in how I was applying this program, it really made it worse. So I sort of had to, through through your guidance, suspend all of those, <laughs> all of those beliefs and not be so goal oriented, which was sort of unraveling everything that I was used to doing to get to where I was professionally, but not realizing that it, oh, it's actually making things worse in this scenario. Wow, that was such a nice answer. Such a nice answer, and yeah, that that's. Um... Those are all the answers from Dan, and and you know, um, I just want to say finally here that um, uh, this, you know, our interview here is, is going to be part of this like new, pretty new series where where that I call like Life After Insomnia, where I check in with people, uh, you know, quite a while after their initial in interview, and it's so nice because people listen to a story like yours, and then often people are like, okay, she's doing well now, but what happened next? What happened next? Mm. And that knowing that two years later you're still in this process of like self-exploration, you're doing well, you found value in, in everything. And it, it just brings so much hope and inspiration to the community. So I just want to thank you so much for being a guest again. Oh, no, I want to thank you because I feel as if we need more of this really pragmatic type of approach to how we are trying to either treat or prevent issues. And especially because I feel like this is so tied to your mental health and we well-being. And we know that that's so important, but there's not really a lot of tools out there. And so like from where I come from, I just, I just truly believe that, you know, when you have these programs that I think can help so many people and have such a, a large impact beyond, you know, okay, I've got to make the, this appointment. 
I, I can't see the doctor for like three months. I've only got an hour of their time, but oh my God, now I have all these questions, but I won't see them for another three months. Like this kind of shatters that traditional, you know, approach to health and healing and just makes it so much more accessible to everybody. And so I really think that more of these programs need to be available because they meet people where they are, where they can actually make long-term changes and grow from it. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're just screaming. That's my, that's my dream. And that's kind of where I came from. I used to work as a doctor. Now I, now I don't. And part of the reason is that like that the system makes it difficult and, and hopefully will make a real big difference. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, but yeah, thanks. Thanks again. And uh, it was so nice having you back and uh, be in touch. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Bye everyone.